Well, good morning, Alleman Group. Alleman Team. Everybody, we got a couple more folks I know are going to be hopping on here in just a moment. So we will get started here in just a couple of moments, y'all. I'm not sure what part of the country everybody that's dialing in is exactly, but I know last night we had a just a little I mean, I think the thing lasted about a 20-minute little storm roll through here. Uh, <clears throat> just enough to cause a little bit of, there was a little bit of thunder and a little bit of lightning, just enough to cause my wife and I to have a cute little sandy, dark blonde hair and blue-eyed little six-year-old angel come hop in the bed and say, I'm scared. <laughs> so it was a good time. All right, I see more and more folks jumping on here. Well, good morning, y'all. I'm not going to delay this any longer. I'm just taking time away from the opportunity to be able to speak to you. We are getting rocking and rolling here. My name is Corey Thomas. I am a key leader with the Alleman Group. It, uh, we're on, on the hunt right now to get to agency manager, mapping it out, talking about it. And today I get the pleasure of talking to you guys about uh, the eight steps to success and what it means to me. Um, first, I'll tell you, it, hopefully you've all already read the book. Um, I crushed this book after my very first Instant Thunder meeting, which is uh, uh, for you know, new folks, we do an instant, used to do it at these little group meetings called Instant Thunder. You fly up to the corporate office, you get to sit in a room with about 100, 150 uh, other new folks and experienced people and Andy Albright and the executive team just pour into you for two, three days. And uh, it was my first experience with the Alliance. I, uh, uh, back it up, I'll tell you a little bit about how I got going here. I started uh, with uh, working with Mike and Michelle. I've known Mike and Michelle for, uh, gosh, going on about 17 years now. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to tell you how we met. You got to come to a hot spot to hear that. But the uh, got to know them. We were personal friends. I walked into their office one day after kind of fat thumb dialing Michelle, and she's like, "Corey, yeah, I'm doing great. Come check out the new office." So I went over and I checked out the new office, and it was absolutely amazing. And <clears throat> They shared a little bit of the opportunity with me, and and I I was making great money. Uh, a couple of years before I walked into that office, but I had spent about two to three years rebuilding and trying to figure out how to get back to where I was. So I was one of those folks that was looking for an opportunity. And when they shared this opportunity with me, I said, "Heck yeah!" I said, "I'm all in. Let's do it." And I. Uh, I told all the companies that I had contracts and I was working with, you know, hey guys, I'm, I'm done. I'm uh, I'm not doing this anymore. And I had a couple of the banks actually shake those contracts in front of my face and remind me that I wasn't going to be leaving. So I came in, I was ready to rock and roll. I actually wrote a couple of policies and then I had to step away because I had to fulfill and finish out my contracts. Well, flash forward, 
about four months and I walked back into the office. It was uh, right. It was, I think the second week of May and I walked back into the office and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm ready to go. And Michelle said, what are you doing next week? I said, I don't know. You tell me. And she said, you're flying to North Carolina. You're going to meet the CEO and some other folks in the Alliance. And uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to get you cracking McGlacken. So I got online, I booked tickets. And while I was flying home from Instant Thunder, it touched me a lot there. Um, I feel like I learned a lot. I was flying home. I had about a two-hour layover in the airport, and I picked up this book that I had been given while I was there called The Eight Steps to Success. And I started reading this book, and I, I, like I said, I crushed it right there in that two-hour layover. So for those folks that... Uh, that don't know and haven't had the uh, the pleasure of reading this book yet, grab it, get it in your hands. You could read it literally. You could read it once a week. Um, I, what I love about it is there's a lot of blank pages with like three or four words on it. There's a lot of pages with uh, uh, with pictures and stories. I'm looking at another page. It's completely blank. So you know when you're talking about a book that's a hundred what 152 pages front to back. About 50 of those pages, there's not really much context to them. So you can read this book. I'm going to get through this eight steps to success, what they mean to me. Personal use is step number one. You got to know and you've got to love the product that you're selling. That has been a, a standard thing in the in sales industries across the world is if you don't know and you don't love what you're selling, you can't do it. And I'm going to talk about it in a different way is you got to also, you got to be able to think about your own family. Uh, I have a beautiful wife. I have three daughters. I have two grandsons. I have a granddaughter on the way. My daughter's about <clears throat> five months pregnant now. So we've got about four months. I'm going to have an awesome. I'm going to have a granddaughter. But think about your family. We're walking into people's homes and we're, compelling them to think about the loved ones. You know, Jonathan Yakey expresses it really well when he, you know, he says, this, you know, this is the only thing that, that you buy out of love. This is like love insurance. And if you're not thinking about getting to know the product that you sell and finding the best fit for your family, how are you going to convey that to people in the home? That's just a straightforward question. How do you convey that to people in the home if you don't have it yourself? So this isn't uh, one of those things where we want you just to buy it so we can all make a, so we can all make a commission. You're brand new. You don't have a ton of money. Write a small product. Write something. Something that shows that you're, hey, I'm thinking about my family. I made that very first commitment to myself, to my family, and to my business. Because when you walk in the house and you show somebody your policies, it shows that you believe in what you got. So personal use is, is step number one. It shows your first, very first commitment to your business. Step number two, work. That's a dirty word. Four letters ends with K. But work is, in this definition for me, I mean, there's one of the things that Andy actually talks about in this chapter is working smart. You know, anybody can go out and grab a shovel and dig a ditch, but it takes that really smart person that's going to go out and going to rent the bulldozer and dig the ditch in a day instead of in a month. 
So get out and work, work smart, set days, set times. You know, when you go get that 40 hour a week job, they tell you what your schedule is. You know, when people come and they've had that 40 hour a week job and they got that mentality and there's nobody telling them what to do, I'm raising my hand because I'm one of those people that I, I, I took a long time to get used to setting my own days and times, but set your days, set your times, make the commitment again to that family that you bought your policy for in step number one, <laughs> excuse me, set, set it up, then make little tiny goals. Too many times we set goals that are huge. And it's really easy when you're working towards a goal that's really large. It's really easy for us to, to get discouraged, to get down on ourselves because our goal is so big. And we haven't mapped out the small steps that you have to do to get there. Um, recently, <clears throat> on the trip to uh, Paris and Switzerland, um, Folks that got that extension trip, you know, Megan Alleman, <laughs> I, I got to see her uh, the day after they came back and she could barely walk. She was barely moving. She was walking around and grunting and she and Jonathan and Mike and Michelle and Adam Johnson and, uh, and Teresa and Fitz and Heather, they went on this, uh, this, this long, I'm going to call it a walkabout. And it was done one step at a time. And when they got done, it was this huge monstrous walk that they had done. And they would never have attained to that goal if they tried to just jump from the beginning to the end. They had to go one step at a time. It's the same thing in here. How do you do that? You know, track your numbers. Make those small goals for what you want to achieve each day and the goal for the each week and then each month. And then be able to be, you'll be able to base that on what your goal is for the year. But if you want to make a monstrous goal, do it. And then break it down. Make it easier for you. You have to be able to determine your drive and your motivation as well. Part of work is uh, Simon Sinek has a book called Find Your Why. And, I really, and finding your why is really helped, really <clears throat> helped me focus on why I work. I go back to my family. I work because of my family. I don't want my kids to ever not have an opportunity that I didn't have, which I've already been able to achieve that more so because, because of the way I, I was raised. And you know, I'm one of 10 kids. We lived in a two bedroom apartment with 10 kids. <laughs> Figure that out. Uh, it was a fun sleeping arrangements, but finding your why, determine your drive, determine your motivation. Why are you doing this? Why are you working? And then plug it in so that you can work smart. Um, Step number three, listen, two ears and one mouth. Um, we all understand that, that part of the, you know, when anytime anybody reads out of the eight steps and you read, you know, listen, you know, we all pick that up first. That's the very first thing. But I, I want to tell you, there's more to listening than just two ears and one mouth. Uh, Andy says in here, you have to be an agnostic listener. You have to sit and you have to position yourself with your body in a way that people know that you're listening to what they're saying. Um, but it, listening also comes in when it, you know, what are you doing in your car when you're riding around? Are you using your rolling university? What you put in your brain 
on a daily basis from knowledge and uh, knowledge and that whether you're spiritual or it's something that's uplifting to you, business-minded people, we need, we spend a lot of time in our cars, especially in this business. Y'all know, I mean, the, anybody that's in the Houston area, um, Oklahoma city area, you know, two largest landmass cities in the United States of America, Houston, number one, Oklahoma city, number two. And we, I mean, we drive a lot. There's audio books, there's podcasts. Um, there's heck there's, I mean, I, I'll be straight up. I've been stuck in traffic and I watch a YouTube video here and there, but active listening, you, you've got to get used to doing that. So listening, it, it can be all encompassing. And not only does it mean when you're sitting in front of somebody, you're actually listening to what they say. You're promoting your, you know, yourself as somebody that's not going to interrupt. Uh, I'm going to listen to what you say. I'm going to acknowledge what the people in front of me say. And the way you get better at doing that is uh, by practice getting into more homes um, and genuinely being concerned with the, and loving the people that you're in front of. So listening is, is a pretty powerful one. You know, when <laughs> as a dad, I'm, I think I probably say at least once a day to my little, my little one is honey, listen to daddy, listen to the words because she hears me speak and she thinks she knows what I'm going to say but she's not listening to the words that daddy's saying. And it frustrates her and she gets pent up and she gets angry. Well, the same thing can happen to us, you know, traversely when we're in a house and we're sitting and we're talking with somebody and we think we already know what they're going to say, but it's the little comments. It's the little words that we can miss. That can be the, the most important thing to them. So listen, listen wisely. Practice doing that. That's a great one. <laughs> Next one is read. Step four. If you've read the Eight Steps to Success book, you've already got that. You, you know, anybody can read a book. Uh, Marty Doge, I always love it whenever we get to hear Marty do his presentation at the, at the hotspot meeting. He talks about how fits just gave him one page out of a book. So can you just read one page? You know, this book, the eight steps to success, there's about 150 pages. There's really only about a hundred pages in the book to actually read. Uh, you could read this book three times in a year. Uh, I have about four books that I carry in my bag with me. Cause I never know. You never know what's going to be going on. You might get stuck somewhere, but uh, hung by the tongue. Uh, is another book. It's 90 pages. It's uh, it's talks a lot about um, what you say is what you get. So it's it's a good book. Um, I also have the Aladdin Factor with me. It's a great book about asking questions. It's about 264 pages. Now I say that because if, if you're not a reader, but if you read one page a day, you could read both of those books this year. What you'll find as you do it, just like with any other muscle is it, it, you'll go from reading one page a day to reading two pages a day. And I heard on a podcast uh, about three weeks ago, a, a guy was talking about, you know, educating your mind and, and keeping your, your brain fresh. Like if you read 10 pages a day, you can average, you can read on average about 13 books a year. If you just read 10 pages a day, that's crazy to me. 
that goes like what I was talking about earlier when it comes to work is setting a goal and breaking it down into the small steps. Um, you can do that with reading. In this book, in the eight steps to success, there is a ton of books that Andy recommends. Um, so if you don't know what to read, just get in here and <laughs> just look. You can get, like he says, you can get fired up. I mean, back to what I was saying a minute ago about this book not really having a lot of pages to read. I mean, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, six and a half pages listed of books to read from getting your mind right to models of, of how to build a business, how to make relationships with people, how to build teams better. I mean, dang. Uh, so if you want to know what to read next, get in here. It, it's all right here. It's uh, it's amazing. As I was looking through last night, kind of refreshing and making notes, I, I got down there. I've read 23 of the books on these pages so far. Some of them before the business and some of them since I've been here. And once you start reading, uh, a, a word that I don't use a bunch, but um, it becomes insatiable. You want to keep reading. Your Your mind, you kind of trick your mind into enjoying it just as much as uh, some people enjoy TV. It's kind of cray-cray. Step number five, uh, we had an awesome meeting last night. I want to say thank you to Noelle Levintovich. Uh, she came in. I love hearing her story. She fires me up every time. Um, when I see you face-to-face, -face, if you, you know, just ask me to, um, I'll tell you how Ms. Noelle stumped me in the question game when I first met her about four years ago. Uh, it's one of those memories in the mind that <laughs> will never go away. The step five is attend all meetings. I can tell you that I, I didn't attend all of the hotspot meetings when I first joined because I had already been, to, I mean, I've already been to the meeting. I already know what the presentation is going to be like. And the meeting is either needs you or you need the meeting. Something I, that, uh, Andy, I heard Andy Albright say that, actually, I, I believe at that very first instant thunder. And it didn't set in for a long while because it was just boring. I'm just going. I'm just hearing the same stuff. But what happens is you, when you get there, folks, there's going to be new people that need you to pour some love into them because they're new. We all remember that feeling that first time we walked into the door of school and you're the new kid. It can feel like you're on an island, and it feels that way even as adults. Sometimes we walk into a room and we don't know anybody. Um, be the greeter. Be the happy person that's going over and saying hi, shaking hands. Glad you're here. Who invited you out tonight? Awesome. Hey, let's take a picture. Let me go introduce you to the speaker. Very important. Uh, not just the hotspots, though. Y'all, we have you know stuff like this. Um, where you, you just get to get on and you just get to hear, get a little bit poured into you. Um, we meet to learn other folks, you know, from other people. Learn from the mistakes, the sales meetings that we have on the TFG hotspot meeting on Tuesday mornings. There's little nuggets every single week. Sometimes we, we need that. You know, we need to know, hey, don't quit. You know, keep going. Because you feel like you're the only one that got stood up five times yesterday for appointments. You know, I, I had very limited appointments on Saturday. My wife was out of town. My parents were sick, so I didn't have a sitter. I actually took my daughter 
uh, on two of them. And I realize I'm never going to do that again. Well, I'm, I am going to do it again, but I'm going to wait till she's a little bit older because uh, she needed a lot of help getting stuff to work because she couldn't get the Wi-Fi to work and things like that. But I, I, I know that the week before I got stood up five times. You hear from the, from the leaders, hey, just keep going. You know, attending all the meetings, uh, I want to point out as well, we do have a, the Alliance, the family reunion coming up. Get there. Get there. That's all I can say is get there. Um, you're going to be five, six, seven months behind everybody else if you're not there. And it's only because of the association that you get, because of the the feeling that you get when you're around a room of people that are just, just positive and just and want to see you succeed. Um, the connections that you make, you'll meet somebody like you and you can make those those extra connections. It makes it easier to bounce and bounce ideas and, and figure out new ways. I had been working with Michelle Alleman for about two and a half years, and I remember uh, she was sitting at a table coaching some people that were not on our team. And I sat down there at the, kind of at the end, and Michelle gave a, a tip to a, a sales tip to these guys at the table that she was talking to that she had never given people on her team before because she just felt like we, we just knew it. And I remember looking at her and being like, oh my God, I can't believe you never told me that. If I hadn't have been there, I never would have gotten that tip. I'll tell you the tip one day, I mean, if you remember to ask me. But I said, just be there, attend all the meetings. Step number six is be teachable. This is hard for a guy like me. Uh, I knew a lot of stuff coming in. <laughs> I was the uh, anticipate of what we're supposed to do. I was the guy that had to come in because I, I know there's a system, but I have my own system. Anybody know anybody like that? I know there's a system, but you know, hey, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta process this my way. Um, I'm very forthcoming when I tell people in the beat like right now, you know, well, you're you're really not being teachable. But you know what? It's uh, it's okay. We've all got to learn in our own way, and um, you know that's what it's going to take. Andy has in here. If you cannot change your people fast, change your. If you cannot change your people fast, change your people fast. Um, let them fail, because we got to let them fail fast, and then be teachable. You know, being teachable doesn't just mean learning from the people and the mentors that we have in this business. It doesn't just mean be teachable by watching a video and, and, and watching a video and picking up a little nugget. That's not exactly what that means. Be teachable also means to me, learning from my own mistakes. Because being teachable, you know, think about how many times in life you've made a mistake and you've, and, and you've learned from that mistake. Touching a hot pot. It's not something you're going to do again. Mom and dad could have, could have told, you know, I know my mom as a fact told me 20 times never to touch nothing after it comes out the oven. I know as a fact she did, but I was just stubborn enough to be like, I could do it. And then I did it. And I learned at that moment in time, never to do that again. How many times have, have you been coached something, but you still kind of sort of do it anyway, because you think maybe the coach is wrong. Well, that's your teachable moment right there. 
you know, uh, driving down a, a, in, into a particular neighborhood, a certain direction, a certain way, and then getting lost and getting confused. Be teachable. Um, put your game in, and get your game plan into place um, and correct it. Keep going. Keep going. Um, I said, I think being teachable has a lot to do with the mistakes that we make ourselves. Um, unfortunately, we do have to make the mistakes. Otherwise, uh, sometimes we're not going to be learn. We're not going to be able to learn. You know, my, my biggest one was thinking I was just too smart. And the reality was I was just too, just too dumb to achieve certain things because I was too smart. Um, we, you know, Talk about Albert Einstein, he couldn't drive a car. Well, that was me in this business in the very beginning. So I could talk about that one all day long. But uh, next step number seven, I'm going to move on being, a, being accountable. Um, being accountable is very big because you can either accept what's in front of you and accept the position that you're in and accept the state of life that you have right now. Um, or you can just accept the responsibility for changing it. Do what you say and say what you do. I, I don't feel like I need to uh, talk a whole, whole lot about that as far as being accountable. Um, we are all adults. We should know what that means. Um, a great way of doing this, um, if you need some help with helping with accountability is just is it all, it's, it's funny how all these circle back when I was taking some notes and thinking about, hey, how, how am I going to present this tomorrow? I, I kept noticing as I was writing down and making notes that I kept going back to my family. And being accountable, when it, I've read a, several books, when I, when I met my wife, Samantha, I walked in as a dad uh, with two, a, a 12-year-old and a 5-year-old. And I had to learn real quick, like what it meant to be accountable to other people. Because when I was a 30 year old bachelor, I owned a bar and a restaurant. <laughs> I was, I was, that, that was my, that was my previous experience. I was working, I, I had a, a business. I was making incredible money um, as a single guy. And I lived on a, at the second bedroom of a, a doctor buddy of mine's condo. I paid him about 400 bucks a month rent. I made about 25,000 a month. Um, I had a pretty crazy party lifestyle. I wasn't accountable to anything. And when I stepped in as a dad, I immediately was accountable to other people. Um, what I've learned from re I started reading books about, you know, how to be a dad because I, I knew I needed to make a lot of changes in my life at that time. The most important one that I can say when it comes to being accountable is creating a positive outlook. If you need help with trying to find a positive outlook on things and how to talk to yourself, things like that, there's a ton of material out there. But I'll tell you, slag Jeff Adcock. Because he's one of the guys that, you know, when Jeff gets going, it's hard to stop Jeff because he can create a positive outlook, which when you do that and you create that positive outlook, you're going to create a positive outcome. Um, like I said, I, I just say slag Jeff Adcock. He's a lot better at it than me. I'm still working on, on, on that, even as a dad. Um, but 
find yourself, find your accountability. That all goes back into what I said in step two, finding your why. Be accountable to that. Hold yourself to it. Um, I bought myself a new awesome backpack for the road. Um, Scott, it's really cool. But I told myself I'm not going to use it. I just get to look at it until I've issue paid $10,000. I bought it uh, beginning of May. So as soon as I've issued paid 10 grand, I, I'm going to get to use that. So I'm holding myself accountable to it. It's kind of hard though. I've been putting ink pens and stuff in it. Step number eight, communicate with a positive mental attitude. This goes right along with the accountability factor. You know, if you communicate positively and you keep a positive mental attitude, successful businesses is very contagious, y'all. Um, you're either bringing people to you or you're pushing them away. Um, you got to build yourself up. You got to build up the people around you. If you do that, if you keep building up the people around you, um, what's crazy is when you build up people around you, it builds yourself up. It's it's weird how it's cyclical like that. Um, we talk about when you get up and you do the hotspot presentation and at, at your local hotspot and you do that, you do that meeting. You, I know when I get up and I do, and I do the presentation for the meeting. I want it to be upbeat. I want to have a positive mental attitude. And what it what happens is it forces me to really dive a little bit deeper in my heart about the business and why I want to be here. You know, uh, because I'm not talking about the problems. I'm talking about what the opportunity is. And this is totally a business of attraction. So, you know, when we start speaking like that, um, the law of attraction. From, uh, from the secret, you start attracting the people in your life. It, it's just crazy. It's just incredible um, what happens to you. Communicating with a positive mental attitude. I catch myself a lot. I'm not going to try to lie to you at this point in time, but I'm getting better, y'all. I'm getting better. Um, last thing I'll, I'll, I'll say on the positive mental attitude is uh, when I was looking in here, I, I forgot. I, I have actually have it highlighted in my book, but it's uh, uh, quit button me. If you're a butt person, but this, but that, but this, but that, you know, just quit that. Just say, you know what? Hey, it's all good. Like I just did just a moment ago. I, I almost went negative for a moment. And then I remembered that I was kind of going negative And I said, you know what? I'm getting better at it. Not that I don't do it. It's just I'm getting better at it. Andy talks about this a lot. And anyway, guys, I appreciate it. Our time is done here. I've been blabbing a lot. I haven't really drank a lot of coffee. This is supposed to be a coffee talk. Um, I'm going to throw some coffee down. I wish you all the most incredible success. We'll be back here tomorrow. I'm going to talk a little bit about the ATM tomorrow. Um, I will tell y'all, I shared some nuggets and some tips uh, when I did an ATM training, advanced training at, after our hotspot. Um, and Nathan Cook, who's uh, on, our, on the team here in Houston, uh, he texted me last week and he said, man, he goes, of of what you shared on the on your ATM training, he's like, I've already increased and sold more policies because of what you trained and because of what you showed us. Um, and I'm gonna share just some of those tips and tricks for you guys tomorrow on the ATM and, and a little bit of how I go through that. I love you all. Have a great day. Everybody be safe and happy hunting. Go out and listen to some folks, make some friends and uh, and help some people.